With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. You are now live with the word on Wednesday. And I'm Pastor Winfred Burns, and we are going to continue tonight in our study of 1 Kings. Now, last week, I asked you to get a piece of paper or a, um, an index card like I have here right here now. And what I want you to do before we go any further is I want you to write down three words at the top of your index card. The first one I want you to put down is the first king of Israel, which was Saul. And we're not covering Saul because Saul happens over in 1 Samuel. Um, the, second, uh, the second king is David. Okay, Because remember I asked you last week, I said, we want to start writing these down so we can keep track of them. Both Saul and David are king over all of Israel. That's the first thing that we want to do tonight. The second thing that we want to do tonight is I need you to push the share button. There, I did it. I did it. I remembered it. Push the share button. Uh, because, again, we're trying, to, we're trying to get the word out. And those of you who agree to push the share button, you're kind of like evangelists. You're helping to spread the word of God. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There are a lot of people out there who would love to participate in Bible studies, don't know that this one is available. And so I'm asking everybody to help me spread the word of God. Not so much about the word on Wednesday as it is about the word of God. And for those of you who, who follow this show, you know that this is a no-nonsense, hit them and get them Bible study. And so that's what we want to do tonight. We want to continue in the Word. We, we laid the foundation for tonight's lesson for uh, last week. And later on tonight, early part of tomorrow morning, you will be able to go online um, on YouTube to my YouTube channel, and you'll be able to pick up last week's lesson if you did not get it and you want to get those lessons. Now, so I don't waste any time. Let's go right into prayer, and then we'll go right into the Word. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come tonight to bless you and to praise you, to thank you. God, how you love us. And even when we try to love you back, to show our love to you back, we just don't quite get it right. But thank you for allowing us to keep trying. God, you're so faithful to us. You're so true. And we pause just to say thank you. We bless your name, God. Oh, how we love you. You are so kind and wonderful to us. 
Father, as usual, we come with a request. Our request is that you would teach us your word, lead us into your word. Speak to our hearts tonight and help us to understand what you are saying. God, you've given us eyes to see. You've given us ears that we might hear. Now open them up that we might hear from you. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, when we left off last week, we left off with David on his deathbed and Adonijah, his oldest son, getting uh, preparing to ascend to the throne even though he has no anointing. So literally, Adonijah is pulling off a coup. He has surrounded himself with um, some well-established men in the kingdom, and he thinks he's got it all together, and so he is going to try to take the throne. Now, one of the things that you have to understand is, is going on all around them. This is the way worldly kings ascended to the throne. But this is the nation of Israel. These are God's chosen people. These are God's chosen representatives. And so because they are of God, God does not operate like man. He doesn't, you know, in Babylon, Assyria, when, when one king died, the oldest son ascended to the throne. That's not the way kings have been chosen in Israel. Kings were chosen by God. They were anointed by God, appointed by God, and affirmed by the people. That's the way God chooses a king. And so now we've got Adonijah saying, it's my turn. And so that's where we want to pick up. We're going to turn to 1 Kings chapter 1. For those of you who missed out last week, please get the lesson. Please get that lesson because it's going to help you see a lot of things that we'll be talking about. Okay, so we left off at verse 10 where... Nathan the prophet, Benaniah, or the mighty men, or Solomon his brother, had not been invited to his coronation. Because he's down there, he's, he's, he's um, sacrificing sheep and, and lambs, and he's having a party, and he's in this wonderful fellowship, and he thinks he's going to be king because he has positioned himself strategically to take over. So let's we'll start reading at verse eleven. First Kings chapter one verse eleven. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Hagith, has become king, and David our Lord does not know it? Now therefore come. Let me give you advice 
that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord the king, swear to your servant, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then is Adonijah king? Then, while you are still speaking with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his chamber. Now the king was very old, and Abishag, the Shunammite, was attending to the king. Bathsheba bowed and paid homage to the king, and the king said, What do you desire? She said to him, My lord, you swore to your servant by the Lord your God, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. And now, behold, Adonijah is king, although you, my lord the king, do not know it. He has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army. But Solomon, your servant, he has not invited. And now, my lord the king, the eyes of Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise, it will come to pass when my lord the king sleeps with his fathers that I and my son Solomon will be counted offenders. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in, and they told the king, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me? And he shall sit on my throne, for he has gone down this day and sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they are eating and drinking before him and saying, Long live King Adonijah, but me your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Jehoadiah, and your servant Solomon, he has not invited. Has this thing been brought about by my lord the king, and you have not told your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? What you are seeing in this particular passage is the king, King David, being informed that his son is plotting a coup and he is being informed who is involved in the coup, but more importantly, who's not. 
And it's those people who have not been invited that it's important that we see. He didn't invite Solomon. And he didn't invite um, Nathan. And he didn't invite um, Zadok the priest and Benaniah the son of Jehodiah. Now the importance of this is this. These are people that are close to David. The importance of it is that since they weren't invited, he was literally letting them know, as soon as I get to the throne, you guys are gone. But more importantly, what we're learning here, what we should learn, is that when you follow the ways of the world, you're going to have some problems. One of the things that, that I noticed in this passage is that there was no, although he goes and he gets, um, he goes and gets the head of the army, and he goes and gets the head of the church, he does not get a person who will speak to God and who will speak for God. There is no prophetic voice in his entourage. And what does that mean to us today? First of all, you know, oftentimes we, we ignore the prophetic voice in the church of God today. We ignore that verse because we oh, oh, that voice because we don't understand that voice, and sometimes we don't even believe that the office of the prophet or the 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 gift of prophecy even should even function today. There's some denominations that don't recognize that. Well, I'm here to tell you that you always need, especially young preachers, pastors. I'm going to tell you. Uh, our function in leading the people of God often takes us off of our needs, uh, needs and out of our studies, and we're so busy sometimes working in the kingdom that we don't hear the prophetic voice of God. And we need somebody, we need somebodies who are before the face of God constantly hearing a word from God and who have the, the audacity to speak the word of God to us. Now, I'm not a prophet. I'm, I'm not. And I don't operate as a prophet in no way, shape, or form. But I, my, my life and my ministry has been blessed on a number of occasions by me willing to hear the prophetic voice of God through prophecy, through the prophet. And I'm going to encourage you to pray for that prophetic voice for the church of God today and in your life too. And perhaps you are a prophet or have been called to operate as a prophet or have been called to operate in prophecy. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're sitting on the sidelines, shame on you. Shame on you. We need all the gifts in, within the body of Christ operating at all times, at all times. I can't emphasize that enough. And here this boy goes, and he does not 
hear from God because he's so arrogant and so caught up in his flesh and so entitled that he steps to the throne even though he does not have an anointing and he is out of place. And not only is he out of place, but he drags others out of place with him. And he's got the intention that he's going to solidify his kingdom by wiping out his brethren, specifically his number one rival, which is Solomon. But Nathan steps on the scene once again and boldly he comes up with a plan to get word to the king so there can be some correction. And you've heard what he does. And he goes and he tells the king. One other thing I want to tell you. Walk in your own anointing. I don't know what God had planned for Adonijah before Adonijah started acting like he was acting. But I'll tell you this. There are a lot of us right now who have lusted after something that we are not anointed to do. That we're lusting after positions that God did not call us to. And because and we and some of us not only have have gone beyond lust, we have gone into those positions, and we are miserable in those positions. And I'm going to tell you right now, you need to get out of there. If God didn't call you to it, if you are not anointed for it, then stop it right now, because you're out of place. God did not put you there. It was your worldly aspirations that led you to the position that you got yourself in. And it's not going to end well. It will not end well at all. Let's go further. I'm at verse 20. Then King David answered, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore saying, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity, as I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, even so will I do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and paid homage to the king and said, May my Lord King David live. Now remember, David's on his deathbed, and he's aware now of the rebellion that has set itself up. And I want to just back up just for a second and just say one thing to you. When we are out of place, when we are out of place, when we're not walking in our anointing, when we're not doing what the Lord purposed for us to do, we, like Adonijah, are participating in a rebellion. And you know what the word says. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And witchcraft is no more than, than trying to go around God, uh, a spiritual, uh, trying to take another spiritual route that goes around God to get what you want. So instead of going to God, and, and here's a case in point. Remember when Saul go to the, goes, to the, goes to the witch of Endor 
for a word to see if he's going to live or die. Even though they, they've driven most of the witches out, he has to go all the way down to Endor. That was instead of him consulting with God, what does he do? He goes and consults with a witch. Someone who is practicing div- divination, and what does God say about that? You know, what does God think about witchcraft? What does God think about those who participate in that? Well, the word says that a witch should be stoned. Anybody that a sorcerer or a diviner, they should be stoned. That's according to the law of God. They should be stoned. And yet, many of us, not only do we seek alternative methods, but we live lifestyles that are not in accordance with the word of God, and we're not doing what God says do, and so... When we don't do what he says do, the way he says do it, what are we doing? We're rebelling. We're practicing witchcraft. Yeah. What happened with Saul? What happened with Saul? Saul was accused of not doing what the Lord commanded him to do. Go back and read it. Okay? So, and so now... The king is getting ready to do something about it. He said, you know what? I did say that. I did say Solomon was going to be king. And he said, and he's going to be king today. We're not waiting until I die. We're going to be king today. Because like you said earlier, all of Israel is waiting to hear a word from me, a word from the king. Verse 20. Verse 32, King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king, and the king said to them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule and bring him down to Gihon. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there Anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. You shall then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king in my place. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king, Amen. May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the King, say so. As the Lord has been with my Lord, the King, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. There, Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, playing on pipes and rejoicing with great joy so that the earth was split by their noise. Now, so David, t- David tells them what to do. They go do it. 
And one of the things that, 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 that we miss sometimes when we're reading is, first of all, the symbolism is once they put the, um, Solomon on the king's mule, that was the physical ascension to the throne. Because riding on that on the king's mule, he who rode on the king's mule is the king, and the king is anointed is appointed by David. Solomon gets appointed by David. But then, even more interesting is this: once they get him down there, he says, "There," and I'm at verse thirty-nine. Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. The horn of oil from the tent. What is that? What's, 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 I got, I got, I got something on that somewhere. There it is, yeah, Exodus 30. Okay. The horn of oil that is in the tent is the special holy anointing oil. The tent that they refer to is the tent of meeting, the tent where David has placed the Ark of the Lord. This is their place of worship. This is their place of sacrifice. And that oil that, that is in that tent is special oil, and it's only to be used on special people. Where would you get that? Okay, Exodus 30. Let's run there real quick. Let me look at the time. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're all right. We're not great, but we're all right. Exodus 30. And let's see. You can start reading at 34, but I will read at 36. It says, you shall beat some of it very small and pour it before the testimony in the tent of meeting where I shall meet with you. It shall be most holy for you. And the incense that you make shall... Oh, oh no, 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 that's not what I wanted. Wait a minute, hold on. Where am I at? Where am I at? 31 through 33, that's what I wanted. I'm sorry, I was on the, I was on the incense. I should have been on the oil. And you shall say, I'm on 31, excuse me. 31. That's why I take notes, because I mess up. And you shall say to the people of Israel, this shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person, and you shall make no other like it in composition. It is holy, and it shall be holy to you. Whoever compounds any like it, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider shall be cut off from his people. So it is the holy anointing oil not to be used on just anybody. And anybody that it is placed upon is holy, meaning set apart for the service of God. And it's not for ordinary people. It is for those who are going to serve the Lord. Specifically, it is for priests and later for those anointed to lead the, the, those in the kingdom, namely for the king. So only the king and the priest got that oil, got that anointing. Did you see that? And so 
when they anoint him, when the priest goes into the tent and gets that oil and anoints him, that's it. Not only is he David's choice, this is God's choice. And that's the point that I was driving at. So, verse 41, Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished feasting. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he says, what does this uproar in the city mean? While he was speaking, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, came, and Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a worthy man, and bring good news. Jonathan answered Adonijah, Do, for our Lord King David has made Solomon king. Uh-uh, you ain't going to want to hear this. Has made Solomon king, verse 44, and the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And they had him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. Solomon sits on the royal throne. Moreover, the king's servants came to congratulate our Lord King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon more famous than yours, and make his throne greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself to the, on the bed. And the king also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has granted someone to sit on my throne this day, mine own eyes seeing it. Now, remember, Adonijah has the military behind him. And so Adonijah could just take, take and say, hey, Joab, let's go and knock this cat off. But no, because remember, he did not invite the mighty men. He did not invite David's personal bodyguards. He did not invite the people that can really fight. You see, Joab is a, is a seasoned veteran. He's a veteran fighter. But Joab's boys versus David's personal army, hmm, I don't know. And how many of his army is going to be loyal to King David? Well, we know already that the boys that David is sending with Solomon are going to be loyal and they're going to fight. And so uh, they don't want to pick that fight. Joab don't want no parts of that. And, and Adonijah, he sees that he's in a pickle. He doesn't want any parts of that either. So then all the, verse 49, and I'm trying to, I want, I'd like to complete this chapter tonight. That's why I'm pushing it down. Then all the guests of Adonijah trembled and rose, because they know, uh-oh, if Solomon come after us now, he did. And each went his own way, and Adonijah feared Solomon. So he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Then it was told Solomon, Behold, Adonijah fears King Solomon, for behold, he has laid hold of the horns of the altar, saying, let King Solomon swear to me first that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, 
if he will show himself a worthy man, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. And he came and paid homage to King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go on home. Go to your house. So now, what is this, what is this horns of the altar thing? Well, by, by grabbing hold to the horns of the altar, what he is doing is he is pleading for mercy and asylum. The Bible teaches us that um, uh, the law of manslaughter, when you kill someone accidentally, uh, the, you could actually be killed back because they were going for the eye for an eye. The punishment should fit the crime. And so if you kill someone, then you forfeited your life. But if it was an accidental killing, you could flee to one of the cities of refuge, grab hold to the horns of the altar, and you be put on trial and possibly spared. So this was your plea for mercy. This is your plea for asylum. When you got there, the avenger could not come. They couldn't take revenge on you. They couldn't come and kill you because you killed somebody else. And so what, what um, Adonijah is doing here is he is taking hold to the horns of the altar, saying, look, mercy. Have mercy on me. I didn't do anything that bad that deserves death, even though he was plotting and he had maneuvered himself to kill Solomon. What does this mean to us, and how do we wrap this thing up? If we have participated in a rebellion, Hebrews chapter four. If we if we've done if we've not walked in the way of God, if we have committed a sin, if we are walking outside of our anointing, we too can ask for mercy. We too can go and grab hold to the horns of the altar. And find asylum. Where do you see that? Well, it's illustrated in Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm going to, this is the last point that I'm making. If you have participated and, and done something wrong, go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse 14. Let's start at verse 14 real quick. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Adonijah is going to bring forth the appearance of repentance and ask for mercy. But we, through Jesus' blood, through his death, because he is our high priest, 
We can go to him when we are out of line, when we are not walking in our anointing, when we are not accomplishing God's purpose, when we have sinned against God. We can go to Jesus and find mercy and hope in our time of need. That's that's our lesson for tonight. So, we leave off with Solomon. Promise of God that God gave David that we discussed last week is now being passed through Solomon, Solomon, David's son. Even though someone tried to overthrow him and and take his position, God saw fit to make sure that his word rested. In Solomon. And Solomon is king. And the son of David now sits on his throne. Final word that I'm going to tell you is this. Can't nobody take what God has for you. No one can walk in your anointing except Jesus. No matter how they push, no matter how they maneuver, if the job is for you and God has anointed you, to be in that position, they can't stop you. They might be able to delay you. They might be having a party, but that's not there. No matter where you are positioned in the household of faith, God, if he anoints you and appoints you, nobody gets that job. But on the flip side, if he doesn't, It ain't yours. Leave it alone. And if you pressed your way through hook and crook into those positions and you know you got no business being there, get out of there. Go to God. Repent. Amen? That's our lesson. We'll pick up on uh, next week. We'll start with Chapter 2 where David gives Solomon his final instructions. Let's have a word of prayer. If there's any questions, put them on the screen. I can almost see them. Uh, and we'll pick up on Chapter 2 next week. Isn't there something? Ooh. See, I, I, I like this Old Testament. I love this Old Testament because the stories and the things that are going on are something else. What was the scripture for the oil in Exodus? It's Exodus Chapter 30, and it is, I used, I went 31 through 33. It actually starts up. Um, a little further, Sharon, it's, um, let me give it to you real quick. Um, Exodus chapter 30, I, I started at 31, but it actually starts at 22, where God is telling Moses the composition of the oil. But the passage starts at verse 22, and it goes all the way over to 33, and then verse 34 it starts talking about the uh, recipe for the incense, okay? Uh, but no, no ordinary man gets to wear that oil. Mm-mm. When you got the anointing, when, as they say, when God anoints you. And, you know, I would love, I've I, I got to stick to to, what, to my timetable, but you know one of the things you want to look at? Look at Pentecost. Look at Pentecost where... Um, where the Holy Spirit falls on everybody. 
That's, 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 that's sweet right there. But anyway, let's have a word of prayer and let's get out of here tonight. There's no other questions. Anybody else got a question, let me know, because uh, I can see them now. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you, to bless you, to praise you, to magnify your name. You are good. Even when we do stupid stuff and walk a path that is not ours, try to covet things and take stuff that's not ours, take positions that are not ours, and get in places even within the body of Christ that we don't belong in. God, you allow us space for repentance. For every crooked step we've made, for every lustful act that we have had, God, we are sorry and we repent. We ask that you would forgive us and place our feet right where you want them. But even more than that, Father, in correcting us, Father, show us what you will for us to do. And then teach us to be obedient. We bless you that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all I have for you tonight. Next week, Chapter 2, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. And oh, by the way, um, last week's lesson will be up by tomorrow, and this week's lesson uh, will be on my YouTube channel uh, sometime early next week, I think, uh, depending on how much work I get done. But you guys have a wonderful, wonderful evening. This has been Pastor Winfred Burns, alias The Elder, with the word on Wednesday. Bless you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.